0: Hello and welcome back to the Startup Operator
1: Podcast. This is Roundup Number 104. I'm Roshan Karyapa, And I'm Gunjan Saha. And together, we bring you the biggest headlines from India's growing startup ecosystem. Now, it has actually been a while that we have spoken about edtechs in this podcast, yeah. right? And last week, it, all of a sudden, this ecosystem sprung into a lot of action. We had news from Physicswala, Akash... We'll also be taking a deep dive into how India's digital public infrastructure and goods system has really propelled the economy. And also, PTM had reported an increase in profits from the last quarter, so we'll be understanding how did they manage to make that happen. So lots in store in this week's roundup. Stay tuned and I hope you enjoy the show. Uh, So Roshan, last week, uh, a new week, a new episode. How was the week for you?
0: I think uh, a lot of people appreciating the last couple of episodes, uh, the Indus Valley uh, report episode with Sajid Pai and Amal Watts, of course. And also we put out a very interesting episode last week with uh, Ram Sri Gola, uh, who is an AI researcher and also Microsoft entrepreneur. Uh, That has been getting a lot of traction as well. So yeah, uh, very good content coming up uh, next week as well. So hopefully, yeah, stay tuned and uh, yeah, uh, like, share, subscribe, all of the good stuff.
1: (laughs) Okay, so last week, we did see a lot of news from the EdTech ecosystem, right? An academy is right now in talks for a potential merger with uh, Akash, which was acquired by Byjus in 2021. Now, if this deal happens, it will be merged with Akash. With this, Akash's valuation will increase to 3 to $4 billion. And their revenue right now currently stands to around rupees 1,400 crore, right? And this $3 billion valuation is giving the company a 10x revenue multiple. So, depending on what article you read, I
0: mean, it either suggests that Anacademy is looking to merge with Akash or that Akash is looking to merge (laughs) with uh, Anacademy. Uh, Again, you know, go by whatever you uh, think is your favorite one, most reliable one. Akash is a money-making entity, right? I mean, it's uh, it's churning out a ton of cash. Uh, They're going to end FY23, I think, with 2,500 crores. Uh, And that is why 10x uh, multiple on the valuation also. So it's kind of interesting, right? EdTech, there's a period of consolidation now, uh, right? Obviously, I mean, all of these folks raised a ton of money in uh, 21-22. A bunch of acquisitions, some have worked, some have not worked. uh, And all of them have laid off a bunch of people. They've had to tighten their purse strings. So it'll be interesting to see who sort of blinks first, you know, in this whole Baiju's and Unacademy sort of a a showdown. Uh, Of course, you know, Baiju's was last valued at about 10 or 12 billion dollars, Uh, uh, and then has been looking to raise some fresh money as well because they have a bit of a liquidity crisis. They also have this whole due diligence uh, thing that got delayed and stuff. Meanwhile, Anacademy also, while Gaurav Munjal has said that, you know, they always raise more money than they need, they've also been holding tight, right, at this point of time. So... It'll be interesting if both of these merge, you know, Anacademy, of course, is strong on the digital front. Uh, They've opened these Anacademy experience centers. I'm not sure if, you know, how much traction they're getting on that front. But Akash is the legacy player in this, right? Akash got acquired for a billion dollars and the deal, there were some complications, whatever. But that, uh, yeah, I mean, they have been uh, in this business for ages. So we'll have to wait and watch, I suppose, you know.
1: So, thinking about it, right? You mentioned that this is a time for consolidation within the edtech space, right? And if you look, investors in both Baiju's and Anacademics, Tiger Global, Sequoia Capital, General Atlantic. So, I think from an do you think from an investor standpoint, it makes sense to merge your companies to fight off like rivals like Physics Waller, which is India's only profitable edtech company today.
0: From an investor perspective, yes, it will make sense for uh, companies to consolidate, uh, right? I mean, that means lesser competition and that means they get to hedge a little bit on uh, both of these companies as well, uh, right? Yes, I mean, investors do push for consolidation in uh, hard times.
1: Okay. Also talking about Physicswala, as mentioned, this is India's only profitable edtech startup. And a couple of weeks back, they had also acquired UAE-based uh, company called Knowledge Planet, which was marking their entrance to in the global markets, right? Going after the markets like which Baidu's are already there. Now reportedly, Physicswala is in preliminary negotiations to raise at least $250 million from new and existing investors. And I think they really weathered the whole mass layoffs, whole funding winter, all of these things really well. And um, currently they are in the market raising fresh funds, not because it requires it, but I think, it's for them also to increase their valuation and explore merger and acquisition.
0: Yeah, uh, see, there is the saying that, uh, you know, you don't have to be the first in the market to really win. Uh, Google wasn't the first search engine. Facebook wasn't the first social media company and so on, so forth, right? And Physics Physicswala, although a late entrant in the scene, seems to have played their cards right. And Alak Pandey's is a very, very inspirational story. Uh, comes from a, a middle-class family uh, in UP. Um, Apparently, father got uh, laid off from his uh, job when uh, he was in his third or fourth standard, got really serious about studies, uh, couldn't afford to go to IIT coaching uh, and all of that, so he did engineering in a UP college, dropped out of that college, and uh, instead chose to uh, teach students, right? Uh, and he became that epic, uh, you know, legendary physics wala, okay. uh, as they call him. And uh, if you look at all of his acquisition, it's pretty organic. He had a YouTube channel, which was widely popular. His content is uh, really good. Uh, right so he never really had to pay so much to acquire these customers you know Uh, and if you look at how the CAC or the customer acquisition costs have just continuously ramped up over the last couple of years of course there was a lot of money to spend you know uh, physics wallah doesn't have any of those classic problems that uh, some of the other legacy players have right so yeah I mean more money at this point of time uh, could help them expand could help them invest in new products uh, and a bunch of other services as well Uh, so yeah wish them well.
1: Well, yeah, and also it's great to see, you know, EdTech again coming to the foray while there is a lot of debate as to what the future of this uh, industry would be, but it's good to see some See, action. it's a
0: genie out of the bottle situation, right? Uh, EdTech, as I've often said, I mean, I think it's about 2% of the total education market in India still, even after all of this action. Uh, and, uh, you know, this whole process of creative destruction will uh, take its own form, right? And uh, whoever's left standing after that, will definitely, you know, have the riches to reap, for sure.
1: So there was this line, uh, which I saw from the World Economic Forum, right, which talking about EdTech, it says, after a decade of glittering promises of democratization and egalitarian education, EdTech and its companies have become bigger, but not necessarily more educational.
0: I kind of disagree with that. Uh, I think if you look at any of the EdTech companies, globally also, whether it's Khan Academy or whatever, they have done far more to sort of democratize education and also go deeper beyond uh, just the superficial, right? I mean, in all fairness, today, I mean, we have three or four levels of depth to every subject that you take, maybe more. Uh, compared to, you know, what knowledge was about uh, three or four decades back, right? And those times, I mean, it was majorly dependent on the school or the, the teacher that you got, right? I mean, whereas today, I mean, I can access the the best uh, professors and the best teaching material uh, from across the world. So, as usual, you have to take uh, whatever the WEF uh, says with a
1: pinch of salt and maybe a little bit of tequila. <laughs> Okay, moving on, uh, Paytm posted its first operating profits in the December quarter, even though it continues to post a net loss at a consolidated level. But analysts are saying that sustaining EBITDA-level profitability would be the key now, given the growing competition in the digital uh, payment space in India. That includes the likes from Cred, from PhonePay, uh, and other uh, companies. Paytm's operating profitability resulted from indirect expenses, dropping to less than 49% of revenues. And this is uh, compared to 58% from the year ago. Loan disbursements and increase in merchant subscription sales also contributed to this growth. Uh, Revenues in Q3, FY23 stood at around 2,000 crore, growing 42% year-on-year. Number of loans disbursed by PTM increased 137% year-on-year, while the value of loans surged 357% year-on-year. So, uh, these are good numbers, uh, given how the IPO for Paytm went. How do you think the stocks are going to perform? See, the public markets
0: are important because it requires a certain sense of discipline from the entrepreneurs, right? Uh, And what you've seen over the last, uh, you know, year since the Paytm stock listed is that, you know, because of that battering that they received in the public markets, they've learned to tighten tighten up and streamline their operations and everything. Paytm a year, a couple of years back was so many things, right? Paytm Mall, Paytm Money, Paytm this, Paytm that. I mean, I didn't know if it was a payments company or an e-commerce player uh, or a financial management app, right? What was it? And I think what they've done really well over the last uh, six to nine months is learn to sort of streamline all of this and cut all of the clutter you know uh the focus has been uh, lending and payments primarily uh they've done some innovative stuff with uh, this whole Paytm music box or whatever they call it right which is you know what what tells the merchant uh, that the transaction has happened i mean typically i think if you pay at one of these outlets you have that received payment Correct. of 95 rupees and that
1: that's so much helpful for the merchant
0: very helpful because uh, it also prevents fraud as well uh you know some of the some of these folks were had launched apps that would mimic that uh, Paytm sound or whatever. Uh, But with these boxes, they're able to eliminate that fraud and give that peace of mind to merchants as well. Uh, they've been uh, acquiring more number of merchants. They've been And with merchants, I mean, they've also been able to loan uh, enough money. I think they have a loan book of something like 7,000 plus crores at this point, which is not uh, uh, insignificant, definitely. And they've been able to cut down their uh, EBITDA from, uh, you know, what it was, minus 50 or something to something like minus 15 or 16%. Which is also why Goldman was pretty uh, optimistic about Paytm, right? Saying that they will turn around a profit by about September of 2023. Now, are the troubles and woes behind them? I don't think so. Uh, I think it's still a long way ahead. But props to the founding team, props to the senior management team that, you know, they've decided to weather the storm. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, hopefully, I mean, things get a lot better.
1: Yeah, and of course, you can't discount phone pay, right? Who is in talks of getting yeah, at a valuation of $12 billion.
0: It's such a dogfight market, right? I mean, you, there's you know, Bharat Pay, there's phone pay. Uh, this whole lending itself, right? I mean, there's a finite number of merchants who would qualify. And they have all of these different options uh, at this point of time. But credit itself will not become a commodity in India. I mean, of course, we are famously credit starved, So that's going to take ages. So I personally feel the market is big enough for multiple of these, uh, you know, fintechs to exist.
1: Alright, moving on, uh, let's talk about some of the fundraise announcements from the week. Ola Electric is close to raising funds of $300 million for its expansion plans and meet other corporate needs. It may also break into profitability. With close to a billion dollar annual revenue run rate, Ola Electric is today India's largest EV manufacturer by volume and revenue. And this is all within a span of one year since their first delivery. Then we have Character AI, which is a 16 month old startup that builds online chatbots. and they have raised $150 million at a valuation of $1 billion. Now, of course, this high valuation comes since they are building a technology that could one day rival the systems under development at OpenAI, which is ChatGPT. Then, closer home, we also have uh, Charge Plus Zone, which is an Ahmedabad based EV charging startup. They have raised $54 million in Series A1, led by Blue Orchard Finance. They will use these funds to finance an immediate rollout of 286 charging stations serving 1130 e-buses and e-trucks and over 1250 e-car fleet now you know, there have been talks of the government removing the fame subsidies and everything. But we are seeing that startups with, in their A1 round, they are raising funds. And these are the kind of companies which will actually be driving the adoption of EV vehicles in the country.
0: See, we're still early in the innovation curve. So all of this development will be more expensive than it will be, say, 10, 10 years or 15 years down the line. right? Um, you know, we spoke about paytm's comeback. Uh, what about ola electric they've really turned around from the time their bikes were blowing up on the road so you so props are our, our famous, famous thumb thumbnail right <laughs> of course who can forget so yeah i mean really props to them man uh, they've moving at breakneck speed uh, and they've just like focused on execution uh, they have more uh, scooters on the road, uh, uh, you know, than uh, earlier. So, yeah, I mean, I think this whole market is uh, getting a lot more interesting. And, and the fame subsidies won't go away for, uh, you know, uh, any foreseeable time, in in my opinion, right? Because I think the government still wants us to sort of move to alternate fuels, right? And reduce some of those oil imports, especially given the macro situation now with, uh, you know, how things are. So, yeah, it, definitely interesting bunch of fundraisers.
1: Also, I think it was last month or something where Prime Minister Modi announced a huge investment in hydrogen fuel. So, not only are we looking for solar-powered or lithium-ion-powered EV vehicles, but there's also going to be hydrogen fuel vehicles. Yeah, and all of the big
0: conglomerates also have gotten behind that, right? I mean, you have Adani with uh, Adani Green, uh, right? Uh, And then you have Reliance as well, planning to put billions into this. So, yeah, there's, uh, there's definitely a lot of movement on that whole um, net zero emissions by 2070 movement.
1: Okay, moving on to the talk of town section. There's this tweet by Ali who reports that Pornhub was just acquired by private equity firm Ethical Capital Partners. You can't make this shit up.
0: <laughs> well... You know, uh, Nasim Taleb has this uh, one quote which is, uh, ignore everything before the word capital, right? So, for example, you have ethical capital. I mean, you could perhaps ignore, ignore the, ethical. the ethical part, <laughs> right? If you have long-term capital, you could perhaps ignore the long-term bit, right? I mean, yeah, definitely interesting. And, and I'm sure their uh, engagement and monetization is <laughs> off the charts, right? Yeah, talk of the you tone. a um,
1: couple of years back, right? There was, I think it was Zomato yeah. that started putting up ads on Pornhub Correct. and uh, well, it worked for them.
0: At that time, I suppose. <laughs> and then uh, plenty of people maybe copied them. I, I don't know. What's it like these days, uh, Gunjan? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yeah, that was for this week's roundup. Roshan, anything on the upcoming conversations?
0: Next week, we're going to publish uh, this fantastic conversation that I had with Achutanand Ravi, co-founder of Kula. Uh, which is a recruitment startup. Uh, it is somewhat of a masterclass on recruitment. Achu has been a founding recruiter at Freshworks, Practo. Uh, has hired for Stripe, Uber and I asked him a bunch of different questions on you know how to attract the right uh, talent. How do we know if this person is right for the journey you know whether you're in the 0 to 1, 1 to 10, 10 to N sort of a phase and uh, really how to differentiate yourself as a brand in this uh, sort of hiring market right. Wonderful conversation. Uh, Do check it out and uh, let us know
1: what you think. Well I can only imagine like how much fun you would have had talking to Achyobo HR given that you also used to work Um, Yeah, there's,
0: there's definitely a lot of overlap. I mean, I used to work for a recruitment company at some point. I think it's a super skill. It's a super skill for founders, operators, really. I mean, knowing who to hire, enabling them. I mean, that is the skill, you know.
1: Right. All right, folks, so keep an eye out on our social media networks on LinkedIn and Twitter to know when that episode is out. But if you'd like to be notified straight in your WhatsApp, then you can check the WhatsApp uh, registration link in the description below. Let us know how we did this episode by liking this video, subscribing to the channel and uh, leaving us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Keep those comments coming in. We do love uh, reading them. Thank you so much. And yeah, I guess uh, we'll be back again next week with more exciting updates from the world's third largest startup ecosystem.